afternoon. Hope you're all doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Babakama, Daf Tzadi Vab, and we are starting about 15 lines or so from the bottom of Tzadi Hayamid Beis, and we'll be discussing today some of the halachos about Shvach, if an item was improved, um, and or still some discussions about Kinyanim as well, if an item was changed while in the property of a Gazlan, what the implications are would be in regard to that person taking ownership of that item. So let's get started. Again, 15 lines from the bottom of Tzadi Hayam at Beis, the Gemara reads as follows. Amar Avashi, Ki Havin and Be'i Kahana, when Rav Kahana analyzed the halacha that we just learned, that due to this interesting partnership, as it were, between the Nigzal, the one who was stolen from, and the Gazlan, the one who did the stealing, that if the Gazlan improved the item that he stole from me, so on the one hand, it's my item, and at the same time, he did the one that, uh, he, he was the one who did the improving. So therefore, according to some shitas in the Gemara, as we saw yesterday, some people say that there's a relationship whereby the Gazlan would get a percentage of the Shvach. Uh, he wouldn't get necessarily get all the Shvach. It would be a pre-negotiated uh, price, or more accurately, it would be a societally normal price, the market value. So in such a case, Ibayalan, the question was like this. That according to Reb Shimon, who holds that when there, when a Gazlan steals something and the Gazlan improves the item, that he gets paid a percentage of the shvach that he uh, that he brought about. So when we try to even things out with him, when we're paying him, how does he get paid? Does the shvach that the Gazlan created get paid in dollars or does it get paid in the item? Do we say which one is it? Does he get paid with dollars or does he get paid with the actual flesh of the animal that he stole, whatever it is that he stole? Would he be paid with that actual animal? And says the Gemara, we were able to answer this question of Rav Kahana from a memra of Rav Nachman. The Amar Rav Nachman Amar there are three for whom we assess the shvach, and they get paid with dollars and cents. They don't get paid with the item itself. What are those cases? When we're dealing with a case of a bechor and a pashut, I am not the oldest boy in my family, so I would be considered a pashut. My older brother Howard would be considered a bechor. He would get pishnayim, and I would get one x whatever whatever he would get. I would get half of what he would get. So let's say that I'm a pashut. I'm the younger I'm the younger child, and I improved an item. So if I improve the item, this is a case scenario where the Mishnah says that we're shaman al shvach. We do assess that amount of money that it belongs to me because I did the shvach. The money does go to me, but he pays me bedamin. And then the Gemara says, uh, another case like that would be uval chov lelokeach. When we have a discussion of a bal chov lelokeach, that I uh, I am owed something and uh, and then you bought it. Same scenario. If you who bought it from me, you uh, made a you made a shvach, so then you'd get paid in cash. And last but not least is ubal chov liasomen. Um, so what we see from all of these cases, without going into too much detail into these cases, um, is that you get paid with dollars and cents. So that answers the question that Rav Kahana had presented, that if a gazlan were to take an item and improve it, and he were to then be paid a shlish via some type of percentage, would he get paid with dollars or would he get paid with the item itself? The Gemara answers from Rav Nachman that he would get paid with dollars and cents. The Gemara says, Amar le Ravina le Ravashi, six lines from the bottom of the page, Mi Amar Shmuel, Balchov le Lokech, Yohiv le Shvach, 
that in a case scenario of a Baal Chov and a Lokach, would we in fact say that uh, he would get paid for the Shvach? We see that Shmuel did not say it that way. Shmuel said, The Balchov collects the item. The person who's really owed collects the item. But, and the Gemara doesn't say this, but what's implied from the Gemara is he does so without paying the Lokeach, the Shvach. So that seems to be against what Shmuel is saying because Shmuel earlier just said, not that way. So therefore, the Gemara has a kasha. Lokasha, kan uh, one is talking about where the literally it translates as with praise that it's appreciation, excuse me, that reaches one's shoulders, which means that it's a fully complete shvach. So it's not just I stole your animal, but it's butchered and ready to eat fully, uh, full gzela uh, and full shvach. I stole it and I fully improved it. Your animal is ready to be eaten. Um, but the other case is kan So that's a discussion as to when would we say that there is shvach paid and when is there no shvach paid. And according to this distinction, Shmuel would say that there is shvach paid when that which you, the gazlan, stole fully improved and it's ready to be used, then we would say that the shvach is going to be paid. If the improvement is only partial, you would not get paid. That we see, uh, we don't see, but they saw back in the day in the Bezdin of Shmuel that it would happen regularly, that there was shvach and Shmuel would not force people to pay that. So it says the Gemara, don't worry. Ah, turning to the top of Tzadi Vav And as you can see, we have a little bit of a thicker blot here and a significantly thicker blot. It actually moves pretty quickly today. And we'll be stopping at the last word of Tzadi Vav Days. So let's pick up at the top of the page. How then do we understand Shmuel? Shmuel says, Ha-damasik be kishir ara v'shivcha. One is talking about a case where that which the person is owed is a combination of the cost of the land plus the shvach. In that case, the shvach is paid. And halav ha delo masik be ela kishir ara. When would the shvach not be paid? When the amount of money that needed to be transferred was only the cost of the ara without the shvach. Amarle, the Gemara says, and this is quoting a machlokas, um, a bit of a complex machlokas from Baba Metzia. The Gemara says, that if in fact the, there is liquid money uh, for the lokeach, for the buyer, so then then you're not uh, not allowed to pay off the person with the balchov. You have to give actual item. So that makes sense according to the above answer where we're talking about ara and shivcha. That's Shapir. Then we can understand the previous answer that explains uh, the answer, the 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 sheet of Shmuel. But if it's the case that a person can actually um, not pay back the item itself, in this case ara, and really he can pay cash for the whole thing, then the lokeach can say to the balchov, In a case where I do have money, I could pay you for everything. So then you can leave me over a little bit of a parcel of land. So therefore, the Gemara says that our distinction for Shmuel doesn't really work very well according to this machlokas or this half of the machlokas from the Gemara in Baba Metzia. The Gemara responds a third, a quarter of the way down, 10 lines down or so on Sadi Baba Medalev. The Gemara says, 
But this piece of property from the answer on the top line of the page was an aputiki. You have to collect only from this piece of property. So there the case was unique, the case was different, and therefore um, that explains why this would work even according to all shitas from the from the, from the Machlokas case in Baba Metziah. The Gemara goes on to a din of Rava. Amar Rava, two lines before the wine lines. Gazal v'hishpiach umachar. If I steal something of yours and I improve it and I sell it, or gazal v'hishpiach v'horish. Or if I steal something and improve it and then it's given as an inheritance to children. Mashehishpiach machar. The shevach is considered to be given over in an acquisition to whoever you're selling it to. And mashehishpiach horish. That which you have appreciated the item and increased its value, uh, and then you gave it over Biarusha, that also gets passed on to the children. What would happen if uh, the Gazlan sold it to someone? So let's say I steal something from Ruvain, and I sell it to you. So if I'm selling it to you, and it's in your property, and while it's in your property, it improves. What do we say uh, in regards to the Shevach? Again, I'm a thief, I sold it to you, and it improved while it was in your property. We discussed already what happens when it's in the property of the Gazlan. But what happens if the Gazlan sells it and now it's in your property? So Basar Debaya Hadar Pashta, Rava asked, after he asked the question, he also provided an answer. Ma Machar what was the first person selling the second person? Namely, what was the Gazlan selling when he sold this item to the Lokeach? Anything that would have in theory been a Shvach, been something that would have been a gain for the lokeach. The same thing will be true in regards to the case of Mecher and in regards to the case of Yerusha. And therefore, the Gemara seems to say that if I'm the Ganav and I sell it to you and there's a Shvach while it's in your property, you're the beneficiary of the Shvach. The Gemara asks, Boy Rava, What if while it's in the property of a Goy, the value goes up. Would we say that the shvach is something that's owed to the guy? The Gemara says, you clearly haven't been listening to the last many blood because that certainly doesn't make sense. We made a takana. We made an institution that enabled a person to do tshuva. We said that you have to, you can pay back the shvach. We wanted to do that because of takana sashabim, so that we can enable a gazlan to actually do tshuva. We'll let him keep the shvach, even though really it doesn't belong to him. But that, that's the only way he's going to do tshuva. But then, then we have to enable him to do that. But by noved kochavim, it's not our responsibility to ensure that they do tshuva. By a yid, that is the case. So here the Gemara says, Actually, what we're talking about is a multi-layered case where I sold it to a guy who then sold it to a Yisrael. So I'm a Jew. I sold it to a guy, and then the guy sold it to a yid. So so says the Gemara, okay, but that third party, that second Jewish man who purchased uh, from a guy, still, um, the din should be that it's still going to be like an Ovid Kochavim, that just like the previous owner who was a guy was not able to be the beneficiary of the Shabbat, the same thing should be true of the yid who purchased it from a guy. Because at the end of the day, when we find out who owns it and we have to return it, the guy the would have had a din of no shvach. That's the Gemara. Lo tzricha kigon de gazal Yisrael. Really, it was stolen by a yid. V'zavna nehalei, 
and it was then sold to a guy. And then it was improved by a guy. What would the din be in such a case? The Gemara says, Do we say that since the initial Gazlan was a Yid and the final owner was a Yid, Therefore, Avdei Rabbanon Takanta, we do institute the din of Takana Sashavim, and therefore the person, the Yid, can keep the Shvach even though he purchased from a Goyen. And the Gemara says, take you. Or do we say that no, that because there was a Goyen in this process, it interrupts the Takana of Takana Sashavim, and we don't allow for it to be employed here, and we don't know the answer to that question. Now we're going to be discussing. Um, what is considered a significant change? And we'll see that there are a couple of parameters. First is, is there a shinui shame? Does the item change? And well, just giving you one example to kind of foreshadow, if I cut down a palm tree and then I look at it, I'll say, oh, look, there's a palm tree lying on the ground. That's still a palm tree. That's not shinui shame. We also want to make sure that it is uh, something that's not choser levriato, something that can or cannot go back to its original state. With those things in mind, we'll be able to understand this Gemara better. Amar of Papa, two-thirds of the way down. If I steal a palm tree from you, and I take a saw, a two-man saw, and I cut down the whole palm tree. So what's the din there? Says the Gemara, Even though I picked up the tree, I cut it, picked it up, moved it from your property into mine, Lokani. That's not considered a Kenyan. Why my taima? Because meikara dikli mikri, vehashtanami dikla mikri. Because it's always called a palm tree, and therefore, even though there was shinui rishus, but because there wasn't shinui shame, that's not called a kenyan. Next, dikla veoved gubi lokani. If I steal um, a tree from you and I cut it into blocks, into thick pieces of wood, then the din is lokani because hashtamiyas gubi the dikla mikri. They're still called a palm tree. They're just called blocks of a palm tree, but still that's what it's called. Gubi, what if I had blocks? Vavdinhu kishuri kani. And then I make them into boards. No, now that's a shinui shame. And because there's a shinui shame, I've made them into uh, whatever pieces of furniture. I made them into plywood. I cut them into straight different shapes, whatever. But now it's not, no one looks at it and says, oh, that's a palm tree. They say, oh, that's that's a shelf. That's a slab of wood, whatever. If I had kishuri, if I had these uh, kind of pieces of uh, clean cut pieces of wood, if I had large ones and I cut them in half, and I make them smaller, also lokani, those are the same thing. If, however, I took those and I made them into um, smaller boards uh, of a different shape that now have a new name, so then the aloha is kani. That would be the din. If I steal a lulav, and I make it into hutsi by peeling off the leaves, Kani, because you've changed it and can't put it back. They have a different name as well. Here's the Shinui Shem. It used to be called a Lulav. Now it's called something else. If I take the, the the individual now peeled off leaves of a Lulav and I make them into a Chufia, which is a broom. That's how the brooms of old were made. They would take strands of, uh, of a Lulav and tie them around the stick. And a very simple model, effective. So then, Kani, that would work uh, because it used to be called the leaves of a palm tree, and now it's not. If I had the uh, the broom, and instead I turned it into rope, I wove it together into rope, because I can always undo that. My time, 
the Havya Chufya, because at the end of the day, it's just long pieces of, uh, it's just long pieces of, uh, of the Lula branch, and they can always be undone. Two lines from the bottom on Sadi Vavamaral. By Rav Papa, Yomes. We, of course, know the Halachos as it relates to, to Sukkis, that if the Tiomes, the centermost leaf of the Lulav, if it splits, so we know Halacha Lamaisa, that if it splits enough, then the Lulav won't even be kosher. Baruch Hashem, most of our Lulavim are excellent, and they really don't have these kinds of issues. But when kids play with them, when you're, the Lulav points straight into a wall, then these things can happen. But how does that uh, play a role in regards to Shinui Hashem? So says the Gemara, if you have Nech Tiomes Mahu, and the Gemara says, Tashma, let's see, the Amar Rabbi Masun, Amar Rabbi Yeshuv and Levi, Nit Lahatiyomes, Pasal. We know that in regards to Hilcho Sukkah, that, that the, if the Tiyomes was removed, if it was cut, severed, not just split, but if it was severed, the Allah is that it's Pasal. Turning to the top of Tzadni Vavamudbeis, therefore, my lavu adin lenechlaka, shouldn't it also be the case that if, if, because it's Pasal when you cut it, shouldn't it also be Pasal when you split it? And therefore, perhaps in our kids, Maybe we would say that it's considered a shinui shame. The Gemara says, "Lo nit shiny. You are not able to compare the case of nechlaka tiomes, the splitting vertically of the tiomes, versus cutting off the top of the tiomes um, horizontally. And that's because the hachasarla, the case of uh, of, of Rabbi Matan on the bottom of the page of nit tiomes, where it was cut across the top, that's different than a case of nechlaka where it was actually split, or." Perhaps the exact opposite. Some say the Amri Toshma. We have a Brisa. The Amri of Masan. It's not a Brisa. We have a Memra. The Amri of Masan. Amri of Yeshu ben Levi. Nechlekat Yomes Nasekimishin not lopasol Shmaminu. This presentation of Yeshu ben Levi seems to perfectly equate the Nechlekat Yomes to the case of Natila Satiyomes. And if that were to be true, then that means that the splitting of the vertical splitting of the tiomes or the horizontal severing of the top of the tiomes are halakhically exactly the same. And therefore, it would also be the case that it would be considered a shinui shame in regards to kinyanim for gzela as well. Very good. So four lines down, Sadi Vavamid Beis, the Gemara says, Amar Papa, Haiman de Gazal Aframecha Revab de Levinta. If I steal dirt from your backyard and I make them into a brick, low cunning. That's not considered a, a significant shinui. A little surprising. Why not? My time, go get a hammer and go break it down. Remember also that back in the day, it was very common that people used mud bricks. And mud bricks were packed together and they were heated in, a, in some type of kiln or oven. But it wasn't difficult for them to be brought back to their original elements just by shattering them. So therefore here too, if I steal dirt and I make a brick, because I could always break the brick and bring it back down to its elements, so therefore low cunning. I can always make the brick back into dirt again. What if I did the reverse? Levinta, I had a brick, the Avde Afra. I stole a brick out of your yard and I crushed it down with a hammer into dirt. Um, so then cunning, that's considered that's considered to be a Kenyan. Why is it that when I take dirt and make a brick, it is not a Kenyan? But when I take a brick and make it into dirt, it is a Kenyan, my Amras. Because says the Gemara, what was the other option? You're going to remake a Levena, a brick from the same thing. But the features of that new brick are not going to be the same as the features of the old brick. And this is totally new. 
So the Levena, we had brick number one, and then I broke it down. And then when I reformed that powder back into a brick, it was a different brick, even if it's the same material, but it doesn't look the same. The texture is not exactly the same. The size is not exactly the same, even though all the particles are there. However, in the other way, that's not true. In the other way, when you steal someone's Afar and you make a brick, I can always bring it back to Afar. Papa, Papa continues about ten lines down on Sadi Vavamid Bays. Similar to our previous case, if I steal um, a block of silver or a bar of silver, and um, and I make it into coins, the halacha is lokani. My time, because hadar avi I can remelt everything down, and it'll be the same. It'll be just like it was before, which is a block of silver. But if I had zuze, if I had coins. That's what I stole from you. And Avdin Hunasra, then Kani. That actually is considered a Kenyan, my, my Amris, because what's the other option? Hadar Abiluhuzuze, you're going to remake the coins. They'll never be the same exact coins. Not possible. And then not even the same particles in this case, because from one block, you're going to make many different coins, and therefore not all of the particles would be the same. It's just not the same coins. Panim Chadashos Let's say Shechimi ve'avdinhu chadati. Shechimi is what we would have called in our language tar- tarnished or oxidized uh, silver. So if I take that ve'avdinhu chadati and I make new ones, so lokani, that doesn't con- that's not considered to be a Kenyan. But chadati ve'avdinhu shechimi. But if I take new ones and I turn them into, or I allow them to become tarnished. So then, Connie, that does work because after all, my is what could you say? At the end of the day, there's no way you're going to be able to make them perfectly brand new because everyone knows that it still was tarnished at some point. Obviously, our metals are very strong nowadays. Our coins can be brushed basically to look new, most likely minus indentations. Um, and probably our chemicals are a little bit better uh, but nevertheless, uh, back in the day, if you had a if you had a new coin and you let it get tarnished, that's considered to be a Kenyan because there's no way you could clean it in such a way. Again, back in the day, to the point that people would think that it's actually new. We have another issue nowadays, which is that our coins are minted with a date on them. So maybe, anyways, that would not change anything, even though the value is the same, but it's not the same date. I'm just throwing out a question; don't know the answer. We're about a quarter of the way down at the two dots. We had said, We had said in our Mishnah many days ago that all Gazlanim have to pay from the Shasag Zela. If I stole something on January 1st at 2 p.m. and then a month later I'm caught, I have to pay based on January 1st at 2 p.m. The Gemara says, Whenever we see the language of Zehaklal in a Mishnah, you can almost always anticipate the Gemara is going to ask, what else were you trying to add? So la asuye mai, says the Gemara, la asuye hada amaravila, gone off tlev and asayil. If I steal a tleh and it ages and turns into a ram, it just gets older. Egel shor. I have a calf and it turns into a cow. That means that a Kenyan took place while it was in your property and it was nikne. Tavachu machar. And if at that point you did tavachumachar, you slaughtered it or you sold it, so then you would not be chayat kefil or dalit behe. Why? Because the Kenyan already took place. And because the Kenyan took place, you don't, uh, it's, now you own it. And because you own it, if tavachumachar, shalohu toveach, shalohu mocher, it's all his. And the Gemara tells a brief story as we head to the next Mishnah. Ahu Gavra, there was a man, the Gazal Padna de Tore Mechavre, he stole a pair of shvarim, of oxen, from his friend. 
Azal, Karabuhu Karva, he took this animal and he plowed a field with the animal, and Zarabuhu Zara, and he used the animal to help plant seeds. And at the end of the day, the animal was returned to its master. We're on the first of the very long lines of Tzadi Vavamibes, almost halfway down. They took this case scenario. I walked in and said, yep, definitely. I stole your animal. I used it to plow my field. I used it to plant my field. Go and assess what Shabach there was when Phil stole your animal. Go assess the Shabach. Rava says back, I don't understand. Rava was the next generation after Rav Nachman. So this was kind of like a question, the Torah being a Talmud. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. The Torah Ashbach, was it only the animal that caused for the Shabbach? The Aralo Ashbach, the dirt, the minerals in the dirt played no role. Of course, I, the animals don't make things grow. The ground makes things grow. So how can you say that we're going to go assess the Shabbach of the growth when what the animal did certainly had a certain value, but it wasn't the reason that everything grew in the field. So Amar, Rav Nachman said back, Mika Amina Neshaimu Kulei. You're right, Pasha, you're right. I don't mean that everything that subsequently grows is dependent on the plowing and the planting of the shvarim that you stole, but rather, Palga Kamina, really, I'm just saying you should pay half. The Gemara does assume that if an animal plows and, and plants and then something grows, that half of the growth, halachically speaking, is due to the shvarim and half of the growth is due to nature, teva, to a Kaddish Baruch Omar Le, the Gemara says, so, so, gzelahu, the kohadra be'ena. It seems to be that you still need to give back the item as is. Ditznan, we have a Mishnah. So forget about the shvach. Says the Gemara, Omar Le, lo aminalach, ki asivna bedina, didn't I tell you that when I'm sitting in Beznin, don't speak? Sometimes I say this to my children. I, I'm in the middle of doing something. This is not the time to talk. So he said to him, I'm in the middle of giving a psakhtin. Don't interrupt me. I'm in the middle of talking. So the Gemara says, the Amar Huna Chavrin Eloi, that Ana Ushvor Malka Achi Bedina, that I'm knowledgeable. I'm, I'm a Dayan. I know what I'm talking about. I don't need your help. After all, what you don't know about this guy in this particular case was High Inish Gazlana Atiko, the guy that we're dealing with, the defendant. He's been in front of us a hundred times in bed. And the guy is a serial Ganov. He's a serial thief. This guy needs a particular knas. Therefore, for him, things are a little bit different. Don't interrupt me while I am giving, a, while I'm adjudicating a case. Fascinating. A little bit more than halfway down, a Mishnah, um, and then we'll be heading toward the end of the page. The Gemara Mishnah says as follows. If I steal an animal and the animal ages in my in my property, or avadim vihiskino, or if I steal your eved and he gets older in my property, whatever their value was at the moment that I stole it, whenever I get caught down the road, I have to pay back lemafreya retroactively to whatever the cost was of that behema or that eved from day one, from moment one that I stole it. Rav Meir argues with the Tanakama. This Gemara we saw yesterday out of context. The Gemara says, Rav Meir Omer, Be'avadim, when it comes to Avadim, because Avadim, as we saw yesterday, are equivalent to Karka, and Karka is Einan Igzelas. You can't really steal Karka. So Omer lo hareshal chalafanecha. I never really stole it in the first place because you can't steal Karka. Take your Evet back. And there's no difference in payment. It's not Kishas Agzela. You just return the person without any assessment. We don't care what the assessment is because you're always going to be giving back the Eved in full. Um, so that is what Rav Meir says about Avadim.
The Mishnah continues, Gazal matbeya benistak. If I steal a coin and then after I steal the coin, the coin cracks. Peros vihir kibu. I steal fruits and they rot. Yayin vihichmitz. I stole a barrel of wine and then it passed its expiration date and turned to vinegar. Mishalin kshasagzela. I always go back to the original moment and I, the ganav, the gazlan, will have to pay you for whatever the cost was of the items I stole at the time that I stole it. Let's say that I took a coin and then Benifsal it became puzzle, namely it exited. It was no longer a coin that's used in circulation. This happened in Eretz Yisrael where they stopped with the smaller agurot that those were no longer used anymore. Or truma benitmes, the item looks exactly the same, same food, it just became tummy. Chometz avar lava pesach, which we know, of course, is usher to, to use. So here too, the food looks exactly the same, nothing changed. Um, or behema vinis abda ba'avera, behema that had a, an aspiration for a holier purpose, but it was used in a way that it shouldn't have been. Oh, shenifsala me'al gabe mizbeach, or for whatever reason it became a puzzle for the mizbeach. Oh, shahisa yotzali sakel, or if it had a din of skila, omer lo, ha'reshel chalafanecha, take it as is. In all of these latter cases of the Mishnah, the reason why the din is the way that it is, is because um, nothing physically changed in these items at all. You can't. You couldn't tell by looking at it that anything happened. All right, let's jump into the Gemara. Amar Papa Lohi's kina is kina mamish. That when our Mishnah says that a behemoth became old, we don't mean that it aged into another age bracket, another decade, another plateau of age. That's not what's happening here. All we're saying is ela afilu kachsha. Even if it became weaker, says the Gemara. Ha'anon he's kinatnan. Okay, but that's not what our Mishnah says. Our Mishnah says that there's an aging that's taking place. When our Mishnah says at the beginning of our Mishnah that God's al-Behema what we're talking about is where there was a krisha, where there was a weakness of the animal that won't then go back to like it was, the same that age doesn't go backwards. So if there's a damage, uh, let's say there's a permanent hip injury of the animal, and it's always going to be that way from now on, never to be fixed. We don't do hip replacements on cows. So if there's a permanent damage to the animal, or let's say there's an amputation of part of the leg, that's permanent, just like age won't reverse. So too, the leg won't grow back. That Those are the kinds of damages, the lohadar bari, which will never go back to health, will never go back to like they, like they were. So all of those are begander, vihizkina, that anything that's similar to age and that the damage is permanent, that is the din of our Mishnah, that in those cases, you, you're Mishal and Kishas Agzela, like the Tanakhama says. Amar le mark shisha bereder of chizal ravashi. We learned something in the name of Rav Yochanan. We had said that if an animal aged in your property from a tle to an isle or from an eagle to a shore, that's considered a shinui and the gazlan now owns it. And therefore, because the gazlan now owns it, if tavachu machar, if he then either slaughtered or sold that sold that animal, shalohu tovech, shalohu mocher. Amar lei, didn't I tell you, says the Gemara, lava minalach, lo tachlif gavre, don't mix up the names of people when you're quoting things. Hahu mishmed ravi la itmar, you quoted the wrong name, you should have quoted it in the name of ravi la. We weren't questioning any tochen of the Gemara here. The Gemara is just bringing a musr, that when we quote things, we should be quoting things in the right name. Not easy to do because it requires that we remember names. I know for myself, certainly in learning Gemara and pretty much everything else, my brain doesn't really normally do that. Uh, I forget a lot of those things about who said what. Um, uh, so I'm definitely guilty of that. But the Gemara is reminding us that it's an important thing to do.
That brings us to the two dots, about 12 lines or so from the bottom of the page. Yesterday, when we saw this quote of the of our Mishnah, of Gazal Behema Kina, Avadim Kina, we saw that there was a machlokas in regards to how to understand that Gemara. Was it the way that it was presented in our Mishnah? Or no, the way that Rav had understood or the way that Rav was taught um, this Mishnah was actually quite different, where the Shittas were reversed. So now we're going to learn that sugya in regards to which is the correct language. Rav Meir Omer, uh, Rav Meir says, Be'avadim Omer that is the presentation that we have in our Mishnah, that Rav Meir is the one who said that Avadim are not uh, are not really sellable. They're really similar to Karka, the Karka ain't in the Gzelas. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says that we hold like Rav Meir. Now, of course, that's a big problem because we have a famous principle in Psak and the Gemara that that when it comes to a machlokas in any of the Mishnayas, the din is that we always paskin like the majority opinion. So how can Rav hold like Rav Meir? Says the Gemara, Rav is going to ditch the opinion of the rabbis who are the rabbin and hold like the opinion of Rav Meir, who is a yachid. You're not allowed to do that. How could Rav possibly say such a thing? Amre, the reason why Rav could say such a thing is because Mishum de Brisa Ipchatanya. What bright what Rav meant when he said that we hold like Rav Meir is that with what you call Rav Meir in what you call Rav Meir in the Mishnah, I hold as the Rabbana. That's really what's happening is that Rav Meir had a different, Rav, excuse me, had a different version of our Mishnah, whereas our Mishnah says that the Tanakama holds everything is Kishas Tagzela, and Rav Meir holds that by Avadim, they're like Karka and Hareshel Chalafanecha. It's the opposite for Rav. So when Rav says that the din is like Rav Meir, he's just saying, according to your version of the Mishnah, Rav Meir is the name that you wrote by the Shita that Avadim are like Karka. I hold that way, which really, in his world, was the Rabbana. So no Machloketzrim. Says the Gemara. That doesn't make sense. Omar Amri Mishum de Brisa Ibchatanya. We had said that the reason why Rav argued with our Mishnah is because he had a Brisa. The Gemara says, well, that's great. But there's a hierarchy in the quality of sources, and a Mishnah is higher in quality, in its authenticity, in its accuracy, than a Brisa. So the Gemara therefore says, Will Rav ignore a Mishnah and say that the Brisa is right over a Mishnah? That doesn't make sense. We know that Rebbe um, put together all of the Mishnahs super carefully, and the Brisas are a little bit more haphazard. In fact, Brisas are not found in any one book of collections. Mishnahs have Mishnahs. Toseftas have Toseftas. We don't have a book of Brisas. Brisas are just found scattered throughout Shas. So because that's the case, there should be a higher nod given to the Mishnah over the Brisa. So even if Rav has a Brisa that's opposite our Mishnah, why would he paskin that way? Why would he say that the text of the Brisa is better than the text of the Mishnah? Says the Gemara, Rav must nisen nami ebchatani. Rav, when he learned in Yeshiva, the Mishnah that we just learned, he didn't have the Mishnah that we just learned the way that we have it. He had it the exact opposite, where the Chachamim were the ones who said that Avadim are, are like Karka and Karka Zain and Ixelas. The Rav Shavik Masnisen, the Avid Kibraisa, the Gemara, so sorry, hold on one second. Oh yeah, sorry. Umay time the Rav, the Apich Masnisen Mekame the Braisa. Why is it that Rav would change the language of uh, of the uh, of the Mishnah? 
uh, and because of the Bryce. So why would he modify the Mishnah to match his Bryce? So he should have done something different. He should have flipped the language of the Bryce to match with the language of the Mishnah. He had everything taught differently. The Bryce was taught the way that Rav understood it, and the Mishnah was taught the opposite of how we had it. V. Baisema, another possible answer is, is that really, um, you're right, we're following the Brisa, and really the Mishnah is the way we have it, but it was two Brisas against our one Mishnah. And this is how the Gemara explains that. V. Baisema, six, seven lines from the bottom of the page, Kilo When is it that we say that a Mishnah is more powerful than a Brisa, that's when it's one source against one source. But but if we have a Mishnah on the one side that has the text in one way, and but we have two Brisas against that one Mishnah, so two Brisas are, are more authentic and accurate, and therefore we should switch them. What's the second Brisa that seems to agree with Rab the Tanya? The Brisa says, if there is a machlev para bechamor, there's a switching of a cow and a chamor v'yalda. Bechen hamochar shivchas v'yalda. If someone is uh, selling a maid servant and there's a birth, ze omer birshusi yalda. During the transition, this is when it took place. When I was handing something to you, or in the process of the animal being given over to your property, we don't know where the animal gave birth. So this is a discussion. If I say the animal was born in my property, and you say, "Okay, I guess it was," so then zachaba, then the person who claims birshusi yalda gets to keep the animal. However, if both of us just aren't sure, full integrity, really don't know, so then yachloku. That's the first Mishnah in Maseches, Bava Metzia, where Yachloka, where we split things. Ze Omer Birshusi, Ze Omer Birshusi. If both people say it was in my property that the birth took place, and the other person says the same exact claim, Yishava HaMocher She Birshusa Yolda, the Mocher will get to make the, the Shavua first. The Remeir is of the opinion of Nishbayin Velo Meshamin, that you can make a Shavua, you don't need to pay, and then he'll get the animal. Vichachamim Omrim. Check this out. This is our shita that shows that Rav is right. The Chachamim say, What do we see over here? We see that there's an equivalence between Eved and Karka, which is exactly what Rav said, the Chachamim said. That's why even if you want to say, even if you want to say that the Mishnah's text is correct, but Lamai said there are two Brisas, like the shita of Rav, and therefore we should be able to change our opinion. That's the Gemara. Just one last question. If you look back in the beginning of our Gemara, when we talk about the din of Rav, Rav said that the din is like Rav Meir. Why would Rav say the din is like Rav Meir? Say the din is like the Rabbanan. So the Gemara responds, According to you who have a flipped Mishnah and you learned it wrong, like our Mishnah is presented here, according to Rav. Our Mishnah, according to Rav, is incorrect, where it says that Rav Meir is the one who holds of Karka that an Ebed is like Karka. According to that, you're wrong in regards to your names, but you should just know the din is that Avadim are like Karka, and therefore, Halacha So just to summarize this last piece, uh, the language of our Mishnah is subject to a bit of a discussion, and Rav would actually change things around. Whereas in our Mishnah, it speaks about the idea that Rav Meir holds that an Ebed is Karka, Rav would say that that's not correct, it's the wrong name, it's not Rav Meir, it's the Rabbanan. We'll stop right here, Emir Tzashem will pick up tomorrow in person at the very top line of Daf Tzadi Zayin Amadalev. 
very top line. Uh, that's where we'll pick up at with Umi Amar Rav. Um, and uh, that's it for tonight. Wishing you all.